This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hey, friends, welcome back to the WOMED. Have you signed up for Patreon yet? I honestly can't wait to go live and answer your questions for all of you. I get so many DMs about working in the NICU, transitioning to aesthetics and podcasting and, you know, just nursing in general. So I thought this would be a really fun way to connect with you guys more personally. Two different tiers have been set up on Patreon. They are between $3 and $5 a month. So head to patreon.com slash thewomed and check everything out. Sign up. I'm so excited. All right. One of my most favorite holidays, International Women's Day, is around the corner. March 8th, to be exact. The necklaces I made with Unlocked speak to what I love about female empowerment. And I really want to sell them out. I want to fill the Instagram stories with the WOMED community on International Women's Day, rocking the WOMED necklaces. Um, I just think it would be so cool. So if you're interested in one of those, head to becomeunlocked.com if you haven't checked out the necklaces yet. You can purchase them there. This week on the WOMED, I get to speak with Dr. Raven Bradley. She is another WOMED first, a chiropractor. And I must ask you this, do you believe in magic? Keep listening to find out. All right, nursey energy. Here's a friendly reminder to keep sending in your nursey energy moments. The moments that really make you feel empowered to help others or make you feel really grounded and excited in your practice. Leave them in the WOMED DMs for me because you honestly never know who you're going to empower through your story. And I just love that chain effect. Dr. Bradley, welcome to the WOMED. I'm so excited we were able to have this conversation today. Thank you. Me too. Okay. So for those who don't know, uh, Dr. Raven is a chiropractor and you're the first chiropractor I've had on. Oh, well, I am honored. And now I have to do a good job and set the tone for this too. (laughs) No, you're fine, but better make it good. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) How long have you been practicing now? I have been practicing, let's see, I graduated April 20th of 2019, and I literally started working two days after that. So I guess we're approaching two years in a couple months. That's exciting. Happy almost anniversary. Thank you. Uh, When did you know that you wanted to um, be a chiropractor and pursue that field? It's funny because I was actually on track for orthopedic surgery. I kind of knew I wanted to do like some sort of sports medicine route when I was Mm -hmm. an undergrad and I was working in an orthopedic office and he was mainly like spine and hips and everything. That's what his specialization was in. Mm -hmm. And I had extreme low back pain during one of his surgeries. I was looking down and passing him one of the tools and my back spasmed so bad that day. And I was like, I don't think I can move Dr. Jones. And he was like, oh, just go to the chiropractor. I sent all the patients to. And I was like, what? I've never been to a chiropractor before. And so I went to the chiropractor that same day because I was just like, I'm floored Mm -hmm. right now. I was in so much pain. 
Mm-hmm. And I only let him touch my mid back and my low back. I was not letting him touch my neck. I watched too many YouTube videos. I heard the sounds. I didn't like it. So I was like, <laughs> no, let's just stick to the, the problem areas. Mm-hmm. And uh, he fixed me maybe within a week. I wasn't experiencing any pain anymore. I didn't have any muscle spasms. He told me a few supplements to take that week and I was good to go. But I just kept seeing him because I was trying to you know, work out as a college student, which I don't know what I was doing for workouts back in the day. <laughs> I look at it now, I'm like, I was not doing anything special in the gym. I was on the treadmill all the time. Yeah. Um, but I kept going to him just so I could kind of maintain my body while I was back and forth between surgeries and trying to work out a little bit more. And one day I went in there and I had an extreme migraine that day. And he was like, are you okay, Raven? Everything's not really looking like normal. And I told him, I was like, well, I've been getting about 15 to 18 headaches a month since I was 15 years old. And I've just been dealing with them. I take medication. If I wake up and it's a bad morning, then I kind of put ice on my head and a pillow over my face. And I just know I'm down for the count that day. And that That morning when I went to him, yeah, it was awful. That morning I went to him. He said, okay, well, let me finally adjust your neck this time. And we're maybe two months into me seeing him. and I'm still not letting him touch my <laughs> Slowly building trust. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I let him adjust my neck and it was like a light bulb just switched on that day. Really? I felt the pressure relief from my head. Everything was kind of just it was weird. I had never just experienced such relief, even with the medications I was taking to make Mm -hmm. me, you know, free of nausea, free of light sensitivity and sound sensitivity. Mm -hmm. I had never had that much relief. And that right there changed my mind that day. I was like, if I can see people while they're healthy and not have to see them when I have to do surgery or I have to give them medication, then I'm all in. Sign me up. That's amazing. That's a really amazing story. And I, what I kind of focused in on most in that is that uh, your doctor, the doctor that you had been working for was like actually sending his clients out too, like trying to using it as like a more of like a symbiotic relationship between mm-hmm. chiropractory and orthopedic surgery. Yeah. I really appreciated that. And I appreciate it more as a chiropractor today because mm-hmm. it's some things that just walk in my office and I absolutely will not touch. If someone right. tells me they have, you know, like Arnold Chiari syndrome, I'm like, I understand that you have neck pain. However, your spinal cord is also coming into your neck. So I, I don't know what you <laughs> want me to do about that. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I shouldn't adjust that. <laughs> yeah, no, like that's not happening today. We can maybe do some soft tissue work around there, but mm-hmm. I'm just, created such a good relationship with primary care doctors and other specialty doctors that we all refer to each other for anything that we absolutely know we don't feel like dealing with in our office. That's really cool. Because that was going to be one of my questions was, you know, I feel like there's still, I don't exactly know what, you know, pseudoscience is, you know, that was going to be a a question that I brought up. Um, Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's just, there's so much misinformation. I'm sure that like, you know, chiropractors have to, you know, battle 
with like their education and be like, no, um, I went to school. I have this degree. I am a doctor. I am, I'm not like a primary health doctor. I am a chiro- a doctor of chiropractory. Mm-hmm. It's, is it doctor of chiropractics or doctor of chiropractory? Am I saying that wrong? Chiropractic. Um, chiropractic. It's so funny okay. because my best friend says chiropractory and I love it because it sounds like wizardry. And I definitely think what I do is magic. <laughs> I I think so too. I think so too. And I was actually just watching. Um, it's it's quarantine. I've been I've been very isolated, but I just started watching um all the Avengers movies in yes. chronological order. And I'm on. You know, I just watched Doctor Strange, and he was like, "Science is just magic that hasn't been figured out yet." Exactly. You know, like <laughs> exactly. That's a good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. Me and my, my boyfriend's an accountant. So we kind of talk about things making sense all the time because A plus B always equals C for him. And I'm like, well, science isn't like that. You know, things don't yeah. make sense. We try to figure it out as best as possible. But at the end of the day, we're still like, how did that really happen, though? Yeah, because there are some things that, you know, just can't be explained. But I just think we're more on the verge of we can't explain them yet. Right. So basically wizardry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's what I do for a living. <laughs> Hogwarts is real. We're waiting <laughs> on our acceptance letters. It's fine. <laughs> It'll come any day. Yes, I'm waiting. Literally <laughs> waiting for an owl to fly, fly in my window. Oh my God, it would be so cool. <laughs> so much things would make sense. This is going to be a great episode on tangents. I'm very I happy know. I know. Like, what does she do for a living again? <laughs> I'm a nurse and you're a chiropractor. It's great. <laughs> okay. So what what's the schooling like to be a chiropractor? Um, so it's three and a half years. And I did not know that the first two years was me pretty much going to be in a, a nine to five job. <laughs> oh, Yeah. So Monday through Friday, it was 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. I mean, Fridays, we'd get out by 3 p.m., but it was very much so a science base. It was, it's pretty much as if you're going to a specialty school for medical school. Like, we still had to learn histology and pathology, and Mm -hmm. we had to learn stuff for, um, like, pharmacy and everything, just so we can know what types of medications people were on. Um, I dissected cadavers for way too long and I don't even own those scrubs anymore because oh, that, I wouldn't. Oh my God, that smell was horrible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, three and a half years. The first two years are all sciences and clinical sciences. And then that last year is when I'm completely on a clinic rotation with my attendings. And that first semester, we can only practice on students. They're like, you know, you can hurt the the students first. They'll forgive you. Let's not (laughs) hurt real patients. And then uh, we start working with an attending and our, we go by trimesters. So around our seventh to ninth trimester is when we are working with actual patients. And then that Mm -hmm. last rotation um, is when we go out to other practices and we're interning with them or some of us go on hospital rotation. So I was with the orthopedic surgeon again, just uh, creating that symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. And my primary role in his job or his office was to do the initial screening exam. And I basically told him if it was a surgical case or not, I would go through a whole exam. 
and be like, okay, you can fix this person. Okay. This person like insurance probably won't cover surgery right now. So we'll make them do conservative care. And if they come back in three months and they're still in pain, then uh, we'll make it a surgical case type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Hold up. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And now back to the show. Do you have to have like a, a bachelor's degree before you apply to? I want to say it was just 90 hours specifically um, tailored to some sort of science. So biology or chemistry or kinesiology even. Mm-hmm. You had to have 90 hours before you could apply to chiropractic school. It could be different now since we're in constant battle with the medical association about things. And so I think they've definitely hammered down on some of the restrictions on entering. Cause I, I used to say like, Oh, well almost, if you have good grades, probably just about anyone can get into chiropractic school, but it's about staying there. Cause I didn't think Mm -hmm. it would be as hard as it was. And it's not that I took it as a joke or anything. I just thought it was more physical medicine than me actually learning the medical aspect of the world. It's so much that I learned about heart and lungs and livers and the bowel that I wish I still didn't remember to this day. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so, it's so integrative though. I mean, I would assume that people would think that, um, chiropractic or being a chiropractor, like you just focus on the bones, but you know, bones and alignment and, you know, different nerves, like everything. It's so interconnected your body isn't just you know one thing and a chiropractor doesn't just focus on your bones because your bones literally in your alignment literally affects so much else in your body it's the housing structure for your nerves to be able to flow to the muscles and to Mm -hmm. your organs so they can work properly so I definitely didn't realize that until I was there and you see the nerves and what they feed into. And I sound like such a geek because I freak out on neuroscience, especially when I look into it. I'm like, oh, well, this nerve feeds this muscle and the body operates this way. So of course, like if your hip is off, then you might be experiencing some problems with bowel or bladder or something. (laughs) Oh my God. No, that's not geeky. That's cool. That's really cool. Okay, good to know. (laughs) Actually, one of my other best friends has been uh, home with her family because her dad's just, they're saying it's not diabetic neuropathy, but his nerves are dying in his foot and he's like having so much pain. And she's just like, I just can't get a straight answer. You know, like, I don't know what, what to do. And, and I'm wondering what's your take on that? Can you, is there thing, do you think seeing a chiropractor could possibly help with that? I think that both chiropractors and DOs look at the body a little bit more holistically. So Mm -hmm. it would definitely benefit him if, you know, he hasn't gotten an answer from primary care, if he hasn't gotten an answer from like Reno or anything, then Mm -hmm. it, it would be worthwhile to look into it because literally the nerves in the foot or it could be attributed to like, you know, the sciatic nerve, which starts mm-hmm. all the way in the low back. And yeah, that could definitely be a possibility. And there's so many other 
modalities that we are able to use. Like I specifically like to do dry needling. And I love dry needling. Oh my God. It's the best. It's heaven sent. And I'm, if I'm I due just, for a treatment. <laughs> like if really I could just dry needle and adjust all day, I would be in chiropractic heaven for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's phenomenal. I still... I carry lots of stress like in my face, in my neck, in my shoulders, and I get like these twinkie sized knots and dry needling literally just saved my back so much. Good. That makes me so excited. I love when people have positive um, outlooks and good experiences with dry needling and um, chiropractic in general, because it is a world of people. And I never like to say people do anything wrong or someone does something better but definitely Mm -hmm. I don't think people get the whole experience sometimes or maybe not the proper education on how that can help them yeah okay so I do have an I have another question about schools especially since you were so nervous um to have your neck adjusted for the first time Mm -hmm. (laughs) what was that like like how scared were you when you first adjusted someone's neck Oh, so scared because that's the first one they teach you in school. They're like, oh, this is the easiest one. So you learn this one first. I'm like, the easiest? How is this one the easiest? (laughs) Oh, my God. So I think we didn't start adjusting until maybe try three or four. At first, we're in palpation classes and then we're in motion palpation classes. So we're literally just touching muscles, touching bones, seeing how they move in relation to each other. And that first adjustment, you're setting someone up into the proper position. And of course, you you learn technique and you hope that it comes out the best and that you don't hurt anyone. And it was just so scary. And then you hear the sound go off, the cavitation, the gas mm-hmm. escaping the joint. And you're like, I did it. And you're still alive. <laughs> and I didn't hurt you. Okay, that's a win. <laughs> right <Yeah. here. laughs> It was so scary, though. Oh my God. I can imagine. I get scared to like, even, you know, turn my neck a certain way sometimes just to try and pop it, you know, but I still have to tell myself when I go and see my chiropractor, I'm like, okay, just relax. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. (laughs) Well, that was us when, because as we're learning how to adjust each other, we kind of set up multiple times and obviously your neck isn't going to adjust that many times. And so we ended up getting a little bit sore in chiropractic school from being over adjusted oh. at that time. And, yeah. you know, everyone doesn't have the same technique and some people are a little rougher than others. Some people do a little bit more rotation than others and it just doesn't work out for your neck that much. So I think that mm-hmm. was the scariest part when you know what your body likes and what it doesn't like. And so you still tense up when your hands are in certain people or your neck is in certain people's hands. You're like, okay, just breathe. I always tell people, just wiggle your toes. If you focus on wiggling your toes, your neck relaxes automatically. (laughs) I'm definitely going to try that the next time. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering because, you know, in nursing school we had, I mean, and I wasn't in like a huge the nursing program I was in has like grown a lot since me, you know, in mm-hmm. years that I have been in school. <laughs> but one of like the big things that we had was we had this like sim man, you know, mannequin that, you know, could start IVs on and do all this other stuff. But oh, yeah. he would like he was like a robot of sorts. But did you guys have anything like that? Like 
for chiropractors to learn adjustments on? Like, do they make things like that? Like, They do. We started using that once I got into clinic and it was more research-based because we mm. try to be able to quantify how much force you're putting into an adjustment and how much right. speed. And if like, there's this thing called recoil. So that's basically if you got adjusted, but someone kind of bounced on your back instead of just like gliding into the force mm -hmm. and the pressure that they're putting on your back. And you don't really want to recoil because that can end up hurting a patient. And so you try to make the adjustment as comfortable as possible. And we had one of those mannequin like things and um, we would have to put on special gloves and put it on this table that basically calculated the amount of force and speed into an adjustment. Oh, and we would then do it on one of our classmates so we could see how much force it takes to put into a 255 pound man versus mm -hmm. a 125 pound woman. And you would be surprised that adjusting more petite women is way harder than big burly men. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um. Why? Why is that? Is it just like, are you mentally scared of, you know, using too much force on, you know, a smaller person versus, you know, a big guy that, you know, you think could like take it? Like, no, I think it's definitely the speed factor in it. Okay. Because my partner in my office, she is maybe about 118 pounds. And when I tell you, I have to be very quick when I adjust her because I, I believe it to be the amount of mobility people have. Okay. If you don't yeah. have as much mobility, then that might take a little bit more force and body weight into the adjustment. Mm -hmm. But her, she's, like I said, she's petite and she's very flexible. So therefore I don't have to force your body to go beyond an arc of motion oh, that okay. it can go. I just have to make sure that my quickness and the adjustment will effectively move the joints how they need to, because they might not need to move too much, but they mm -hmm. might need a faster force of motion going into it. Okay. Like, see, this, this sciencey stuff is just so cool. Right? Uh, <laughs> the sciencey wiz wizardry <laughs> <laughs> when it's really just physics <laughs> which is awful I hated physics in undergrad <laughs> I hated physics I hated physics I'm lucky I didn't have to take it in nursing school but like I was trying to take it you know in in high school and I was like I, I hate this no. class so much yeah and I dropped it I was like, that engineering type route is not. It's just not my thing. No. Mm -mm. <laughs> it's not my ministry at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm curious with, you know, COVID has brought to light so many, like telehealth has become so much bigger and stuff mm -hmm. during COVID especially. But I feel like that's not something you can totally do with being a chiropractor. Like you can't like virtually adjust someone, but no. are there any sort of like tricks or stretches that people can safely do at home? Yes. And I think that's probably been the biggest thing with people working from home so often and being in a static position at a desk for hours on end. And or not on my having, couch. Watching. Right. 
Bridget for like the third time. (laughs) (laughs) In the bed, just laying there because people are likely to bring their laptops to bed now just to Mm -hmm. finish a project late at night. It's just so many positions that you're keeping your body in that fatigue the muscles or make Mm -hmm. them tighter on one side than the other. I can usually tell within the first two minutes or so if my patient has two monitors and if one is positioned more to the left or to the right and how often they have to turn their neck to the left or the right based off of shoulder height and the way that their neck tension is it's very you're a wizard (laughs) I told you that's my job I'm gonna yeah put that behind DC is gonna say slash wizard (laughs) uh yes and I think you should (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it There are plenty of stretches and mobilization exercises because new age chiropractic is a little bit different from like the traditional practices anyway. I would say Mm -hmm. most doctors that I encounter on a day to day, we all love to fix you or to the best of our abilities. We might not get back to 100 percent, but we're in that 80 to 90 range. If we can do that in two weeks and just maintain you like once a month, once every quarter, one, mm-hmm. like every three months or so, that would be ideal for us to have patients that stretch and exercise and do mobility exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people that are used to like the older school practices, they think, oh, I need to go to a chiropractor once a week or once a month for the rest of my life. And that's just not the reality. So teaching patients at home stretches and exercises and how to mobilize joints without getting the cavitation, because of course we don't want you to um, do what they consider the popping or the cracking. We don't want you to do that at home because Mm -hmm. you could be adjusting the wrong segments. You could be adjusting something that's hypermobile instead of the spot that's really stuck, really. Oh, um, yeah. That's typically when people tell me they crack their necks at home all the time. I'm like, okay, you're probably over adjusting your neck and not really getting the spot that you need to get, which is why you probably adjust yourself, what, every 20 to 30 minutes or so. And they're like, yeah, how do you know? Because you didn't get the spot that needs to move. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Does that just make you cringe? Because you're like, you're not you're not helping yourself. (laughs) It does. I'm like, please stop. Just do the exercises and the stretches. And you might not need to do that all the time. Yeah. My neck and like upper back were getting really bad again there for for a bit. And, you know, once I felt, you know, safe, like I do um, Pilates and stuff, I find has been really helpful for mm-hmm. my body and like my strength and the the studio I go to, there's literally never more than six people in there. Everything's very spaced out. They've done like everything they can to make it, you know, as safe as possible. And that's, I love that. that yeah, like that's, that's a personal choice that, you know, I've made masks are worn all the time. Temps are checked, you know, everything is very thoroughly cleaned, but there's like this one like stretch that we do at the end that I wish I, I maybe I just need to just start doing it when I get in there at first, but mm-hmm. It is so lovely on my back. And I don't know if I can fully explain it, but it's like if you've ever, you know, been a kid or been in yoga and you like you do like a shoulder stand, you know, you just kind mm-hmm. of roll up, you you pick your whole body up, you try and hold that straight. But you have the resistance in Pilates of the loops around your feet. And so that counter 
acts like your weight coming up like that, but then you using your core to slowly like roll back down. Uh, and that just, oh God, it feels so good. And like almost like a pike position where you're yeah. rounding. Okay. Yeah, it's a pike and round, and then like you're holding that like rounding position as you just roll back down to like a like a neutral spine. Mm, yeah, that's almost like doing a cat camel stretch, but involving yeah. your core all at the same time. I'm like, that sounds mm-hmm. delicious. I I just know everything. Yeah, going through every motion. Yes, and it feels delicious. It like gets. You know, and I I like to go in the morning too. So especially after sleeping all night, it just gets like your mid back, like everything just feels so good. Yeah. um, I would say you could even do that at home with a towel. If you have wood Mm. floors or towel floors or something, um, obviously keep your hands on the most stable part that wouldn't slide and use the towel underneath your feet so you can drag your core. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. Yeah. Just a sec, guys. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Are you seeing, like, a rise in certain conditions due to, you know, increased inactivity and, you know, stress and just static positions of watching mindless hours of Netflix? (laughs) Yes, I would say it's been amazing. How Do you know what thoracic outlet syndrome is? I'm sure you do. Actually, no, I don't. What is that? Thoracic outlet syndrome is a condition where the brachial plexus, so you know how the nerves from the neck kind of bundle together and travel underneath the pec Mm -hmm. and into the upper extremities. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot more of my patients who have been working from home have increased numbness and tingling in their hands, or they say their arms feel like heavy and fatigued or something after a certain amount of hours. And we've done all the orthopedic tests and most of them end up pointing to thoracic outlet syndrome. So what happens there is while you're sitting at your desk and I tell people, I know you can't help it because you get laser focused on work or you're on your couch, your shoulders start to come into that rounded position. What's happening there is your pecs are getting super tight and rolling the joints inward so kind of like that hunchback situation is going on right and the pecs end up compressing on that bundle of nerves that send the signals to the hand or it's almost like a pseudo carpal tunnel situation and people just I'm getting numbness and tingling or I'll hold my phone in my hand while I'm in my bed and it'll be right in front of me and I just feel like my pinky go limp or like my phone will drop because my hands feel tingly Mm mm-hmm So we've been having a lot of thoracic outlet syndromes. I tell people a lot of pec stretching. If you lay on a foam roller with the foam roller kind of vertically centered in your back and just opening your pecs and making Mm -hmm. what I would call like a snow angel, especially since it's so cold right now. Yes, (laughs) that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And just letting that stretch. Yes. It opens up the pecs. It mobilizes the mid back right between the shoulder blades and keeps everything moving because your mid back should be very, very mobile Mm -hmm. and your neck should be stable. So keeping that mid back mobility is going to be key to wanting to sit up properly. Everyone wants better posture. And I'm like, if you have mid back mobility and you have core strength, you can get better posture, but you won't naturally sit up that way. 
no one naturally sits up no. with that for hours on end. <laughs> no, no, it's you get very sore and fatigued if you try right. and do that. The muscles get too fatigued. They're like, wait a minute, I'm not meant to sit in this position. So I, in that case, I always tell people to, if you are a very pec dominant type of person, because we do everything in front of us, we hold babies in front of us, we type mm-hmm. in front of us, we text in front of us. Um, I would not lay off of like push-ups or anything, but I would definitely work out the back muscles just as much as you're working out yeah. with bench pressing and push-ups, just so you can train the back muscles to uphold your posture as well. That's great advice. And those are probably some of my more least favorite exercises, but, <laughs> but, but they, but they work. And like, you have to think there's, so like when you look at your bicep, like mm-hmm. you're, when you're like the flexion and extension, like you have to look at like both sides of your body, you mm-hmm. know, because one muscle is going to allow you to flex and then the other is going to allow you to extend. And it's, it just goes back into that whole symbiotic relationship yeah, with your absolutely. body. Absolutely. It's like, if you're doing bicep curls, you also want to do tricep extensions mm-hmm. so that your arm has full function and total capacity of use. Yes. Yes. And actually all the, um, the pec stretches and stuff like that too, I really had to to focus on after I had my breast augmentation because those muscles were just so like, right. what just happened? Right. It was trying to build up scar tissue and everything thinking like, oh, it's trauma here. Let's yeah, her. Yeah. Even though I was like, this is the best decision I've ever made, but I definitely <laughs> had to just do what feels good for you, like what you want to do for yourself. Okay. Tangent number one for me then, have you yeah. noticed any increase in like, I always hear people say that they start to get headaches after the fact. And I just wonder if they feel that their breast augmentation has anything to do with any of their headaches. Have you had any symptoms? No, I haven't. As far as um, there's like a, what is it? It's some people's bodies will reject the implant and will uh, have have like other, you know, sickness related issues, but I have not had any like increased in, in headaches, but like, I've always been someone who's, it's like clockwork around my period. I get really bad, you know, mm-hmm. migraines and that's, that's been all my life. I've been getting more headaches recently. So maybe that does have to do with, you know, I need to be working out more muscles and stretching more just because of the positions and stuff I'm in that aren't related to my cycle at all. Yes, I would definitely say start doing that. Um, what are those exercises? Chin tucks. Those help. Oh, okay. Back of the neck. I know they also help with double chins, but they all, they really help with those muscles in the back of the neck called the suboccipital muscles. Okay. They're right at the base of the skull. They connect the op the occiput to about the first two bones in your spine. And they typically are the root cause for a lot of tension type headaches. I think I'm doing them right now and it feels really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Either that or I will lay with my head on my foam roller, but it's like, but just as it's almost kind of hanging off of it, you know, like your, Mm -hmm. your neck's kind of being supported and just turning your head from left to right on that really I don't know you can stop me if I'm wrong on that but I feel like that really helps to get some of those points and like pressure points and just kind of stretch it 
in like a safe safe way. Mm -hmm. I would say using the foam roller for that, like turning your head and Mm -hmm. those motions, that is probably one of the best uses of a foam roller for the neck. I've never really seen anyone actually try to foam roll their neck, but I've heard of this happening a couple of times. Oh God. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's not what you use it for. It's more for larger muscles, but to simply rotate your head will Mm -hmm. get those trigger points, especially if you don't want to purchase like an ergonomic pillow that they upcharge you for. And it costs $130. I know. Usually when people ask me about cervical pillows or anything of that nature, I tell them just hang over the edge of their bed and text for about five minutes so that their (laughs) neck can relax and not sit up and hold your head for another hour on end. That's a great, that's really great advice. What types of information would you say that you have to battle, like misinformation, do you have to battle as a chiropractor? Um, Misinformation, I would say that, well, recently with the Texas Medical Association, we've been, and thankfully we just won this legislative battle, but I think that people just assume that we practice outside of our scope of practice a lot. And I don't really think that's the case anymore. Like, yes, we have heard of those weird cases where, you know, people think holistically you can cure their cancer, whatever they may have going on that's outside of the musculoskeletal (laughs) system. However, that's just not happening that often. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are people out there It's just I haven't really seen that happening to this date. Mm -hmm. Another thing is obviously like the you're not a real doctor type situation. And I don't think that people realize the title doctor can encompass so much and that it actually means teacher in Latin. So if I, Mm -hmm. I tell my people, yeah, I'm not a real doctor if I don't teach my patients how to advocate for their health properly. Great point. That is the entire purpose of my job. I should be teaching my patients how to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. And those are probably the main two. The battle with the Texas Medical Association was about including nerves and nerve-related issue into the musculoskeletal system and us being able to diagnose Mm-hmm. issues. And, um, I don't really feel like diagnosing things is a big deal. You know, I, I hardly use a diagnosis when I'm formally speaking to my patient mm-hmm. and I don't really say, Oh, you have segments or dysfunction of your cervical spine because they have absolutely no idea what that means. Right. And so I typically end up explaining to them in the most basic ways what's going on with their body. And I put their formal diagnosis on their charting system. So in the case that they go to another doctor, the doctor knows what's going on with them. Um, However, I I guess it was an issue with that. And I I really don't know what the issue is. So I think that's the hardest part is constantly being in battle about what our scope of practice is as chiropractors. And like I told you, if someone walks in my office with chest pain, I'm like, oh, not your girl. (laughs) No, (laughs) you're in the wrong place today. Not on my license, but no. However, I will call an emergency room for you right now and we'll get the ambulance here. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) What? Okay. So like when I was prepping for this and, you know, Googling, you know, different things about, you know, chiropractory, 
something that would come up would be would be like chiropractics is like a, a, a pseudoscience, but that that term in itself just sounds like like fake science, but it's not fake science. <laughs> so I've, I I don't know if I'm struggling with that term or like what it exactly I don't know. means I mean, as referred to being a chiropractor. Have you ever watched Fringe? This is my second tangent. Yes, I love Fringe. Okay. I'm so glad you understand where I'm going with this. Thing. Joshua James Jackson. Yes. Yes. So Fringe is more of a pseudoscience to me. <laughs> opposed okay. To, opposed to chiropractic. Like you can't really explain what's going on in Fringe. Like is there right. an alternate universe? Could we be mirroring each other in yeah face somewhere sure but I believe that chiropractic definitely used to be more philosophical is that Mm -hmm. the word I want to use yes it used to be more um based on the philosophy and the principle of your innate healing will come out of your body and uh, Mm -hmm. all of this other stuff and um we still have schools that teach the philosophy and the principles of chiropractic and that was still within my like education as well. However, I went to what's considered a more science-based school or an evidence-based school rather. And so all of our teachings were based off of research and studies. If I know that the cervical nerve, like if I know that a nerve innervates a muscle, then I know that there can be a disconnect between that muscle and that nerve and why it's not Mm -hmm. moving properly. Or if I know that it exits out of a certain level of the spine, could there be inflammation? Could there be scar tissue there? Could we have a disc herniation? Yes. Mm -hmm. So I I think that there's definitely more of a science to how chiropractic is practiced today versus when it was first happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I posted about it for Black History Month because the first chiropractic patient, his name was Harvey Lillard. And he was deaf and he wrote in his notes that he was able to hear after his chiropractic adjustment. Really? Yeah. (laughs) And that sounds like complete pseudoscience to me, but my mom, oh my goodness, every time I adjust her neck, she says that she has like an underlying ringing in her ear or something Mm -hmm. and then when I adjust her she said it goes away and she just feels like everything is so clear and that she can hear better and I tell her I'm like yeah that's what the first chiropractic patient said but I'm never gonna tell anyone like oh I I can cure the deaf (laughs) right right (laughs) I don't know how it it is an unintended consequence I wanted to make her neck move better Mm -hmm. do I know that the spinal nerves connect to the brain and probably like the ear canals. Yeah. However, well, I would think the whole lymphatic system as well will, would drain more properly once you're in a better alignment. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, that, I mean, a buildup of like fluid or something like that. Definitely. There and you have the most lymph nodes in your neck anyway. So that would yeah. make sense too. See, we're just explaining magic. It's fine. Exactly. So that's the issue with this. There's not an exact science to it. However, it's science behind it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- this is a great. I'm I'm having so much fun on this episode. <laughs> okay. So I know there's 
there's things like, you know, baby yoga and, you know, different like <laughs> chiropractic. I, I remember seeing a video for that. And this woman was like swinging this child all over the place. And it, it was like a, a very small child. And I was like, this doesn't feel okay. This feels very bad. <laughs> but I know that there's different subspecialties that you can be trained for as a chiropractor, right? Mm-hmm. Like like with, with kids and babies or, you know, women's health and like pelvic yes. issues. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like a different, is that extra schooling or is that something that you guys are just, just a different clinical, you know, for school? It's extra schooling. And I would, I guess, what are those called? Like continuing education. Yes. But yeah. it's 200 hours worth of continuing education. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I think for women and children itself, that might be a three to 600 hour. Okay. An education platform. And a lot of those are in person or they used to be, I don't know what's going on with COVID quite honestly. Yeah. But they are in person because you do still have to practice on other people and children to kind of figure out again, the amount of force that you put into a child or different techniques. And there's a certain Mm -hmm. technique called Webster and that's supposed to be for breech babies. So it helps them turn the baby into the proper position before birth. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the natural ways of doing it. If people are very adamant about not having C-sections, mm-hmm. um, I always advocate that they see a pediatric and prenatal specialist to see if that's an option for them. And of course, consult with their MD about it and see how they feel about it. Or their mm-hmm. primary care OB-GYN or someone, but I've seen it work several times. Again, one of those sciences that I can't explain, but it's you pressing on the round ligament for a certain amount of time and helping to turn the baby and everything. So it's an amazing technique that has worked on so many women. Wow. So you mentioned um, kind of briefly before uh, the school and stuff that you were looking into was based more off of or taught based of yeah and like mm-hmm. evidence based is there a really big difference in like the different types of chiropractic schools that are offered or theories of school i guess i want to say and i could completely be lying to you i want to say there are about 18 chiropractic schools total in the u.s mm-hmm. and there are different types of i I want to say techniques that people will use and some people will measure the degrees of curvature or rotation in the spine and kind of base their treatment plans off of, oh, well, if it's rotated 22 degrees, then your hips are going to be off and it's going to take X, Y, Z amount of treatments. And I think that's more of the philosophy principle approach to it. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe out of the 18 schools, I want to say eight of them are still very principal and um, philosophical based. Okay. The others are definitely more like evidence based and practice based off of research. And even the schools that are based off of philosophy, I want to say that we're all subject to practicing to evidence-based medicine to a certain degree, mm-hmm. but um, there are just videos on <laughs> YouTube and I should really stop watching it because it makes me cringe where chiropractors will like 
touch your ear and then your shoulder and then barely adjust or move the mid back and all of a sudden people start shaking and they're healed or something. And they say that they're moving around energy. And I think that that is definitely more of the holistic approach where you feel like you're basing your treatment plan off of energy and Mm -hmm. innate healing versus Mm -hmm. me saying I facilitate healing by moving your joints and muscles Mm. in a better position so that they can heal a lot better and restore motion and function. Okay. I think, I feel like there was like a goop special on something similar to that. And it's all like energy work. Yeah. I have no idea. I mean, I can feel that energy comes into my room. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah today (laughs) we don't have to talk if that's okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) no that's that's really interesting gosh this episode has flown by and I've loved every second of it Um, (laughs) I'm just really excited that you knew what fringe was because a lot of people that I talk to don't. And I just have to talk to my sister and mom about it. And be like, oh, can we rewatch this season? Can we rewatch this episode? Let's just go back to episode one. And they will always do it. Raven, I have the DVDs. Like that's... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, bought the, I bought the seasons. And now I don't even use my DVD players. <laughs> Dude, we got it on Amazon Prime. And then for my sister's college graduation, I bought her the Fringe book off of Amazon that has like all the secrets and everything. Oh, cool. Yes. Okay, awesome. So this episode has been um, brought to you by Fringe. (laughs) (laughs) And Hogwarts. Fringe and Hogwarts. We are accepting donations and (laughs) to school. For tuition. Yes. (laughs) Okay. uh, What? What's your favorite part of the job and any advice for people thinking about this as a career path? Oh, my goodness. My favorite part. So here's a two part. My least favorite part is doing patient charting. If I never had to do that a day (laughs) in my life again, I would Mm -hmm. be the happiest woman on earth. But uh, I would say so I never got this. Of course, they're trying to motivate you while you're in school and they're like, you're doing this for the people that you haven't even met yet. And I'm like, that is complete bullshit. <laughs> this class is hard and I'm borderline about to fail it if I don't make an A on the next test. Yeah. So I don't want to hear that right now. But I think it's encountering people from all walks of life. My favorite part of the job is like my patients teaching me stuff. I love that I get mm. to heal them and fix them and get them back to doing the basic things that they want to do, running, picking up their grandkids, excelling in their athletic performance, whatever. I love that they can trust me with that. But I just meet so many wonderful people that teach me about life every day. And it's just, it's amazing. My boyfriend wonders like how we end up having these deep in-depth conversations about life and I'm like I'm healing them like I am truly touching their body and making sure that they are getting the best care and so those are the people that just try to connect with you and like well if you're gonna stick a needle in my trap then I might as well get to know you yeah better. and I just have the most wonderful experiences with my patients and yeah that's definitely my favorite part 
least favorite is patient charting, hands down. (laughs) (laughs) If I were to give any advice to anyone, um, I would say that if you want to open your own practice, that it's just going to be constant work (laughs) and you have to be okay with that. I think the best piece of advice I got in chiropractic school is learn how many hours of sleep you need to function and then base everything else off of that. And I've still been living on that piece of advice while I opened my (laughs) practice. So I, I need about four to five hours to function. I might also drink four to five cups of caffeine that day. I don't know, but (laughs) it's always going to be work. Just find the joy and the happy moments in it. And it it turns out to be worth it. Even when you get frustrated because you're not fixing a patient fast enough, or you're not helping them out faster than you thought you'd be able to. Well, I think, I think that's great advice. You have such good energy too. And I, I know there's, there's a lot there's a lot I think that has to do with the energy that you're able to give off to your patients, mm-hmm. you know, and and I think that really helps them heal too. So, um I think your patients are very lucky to have you. Um you've channeled a lot of like really great energy to me during this. <laughs> so I can only imagine what, you know, if you were actually adjusting me, how great I would feel after that. So, I guess Let's finish it off. Like what's what's next for you and, and where can people find you if they have, you know, questions or um, about school or being a chiropractor, anything like that? Yeah, well, I just opened my practice last July in the midst of a pandemic. So that was congratulations. Fun. Thank you. So my partner and I, we are the owners of Artisan Chiropractic here in Houston, Texas. And I mean, I've had people contact me on Instagram and I didn't even know. I was, re- I didn't know that I was inspiring anyone to be a chiropractor. We also talk about that because I, I can't deal with Instagram a lot of the time. <laughs> like I just Girl, don't have either. the energy for it at all. It's, it's a whole, draining. It's a whole other job. And I tried the whole, let me be active on it, but it's, it's not where my energy best <laughs> is best performed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. Um, but I've had many students reach out to me on Instagram at Raven J Bradley. It's just my name. You'll see me on there and it says chiropractor. So that's definitely me. I should put wizard there though. So, yes. <laughs> so you know, it's me for sure. <laughs> but yeah, definitely reach out to me on Instagram and we can talk all about it there. I have no problem giving people information or any insight that I have and I've learned over the past few years. Amazing. Well, Dr. Raven, thank you so much for coming on the WOMED. I've loved this conversation. I've loved it here. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome back anytime. Perfect. (laughs) Well, hopefully now you believe magic is just unexplained science. Major thank you to Dr. Raven, and please make sure to check her out on Instagram at Raven J. Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. This was such a fun episode. Leave me your NDE moments on Instagram, and if you feel so compelled, please leave a review on whatever platform you listen to the WOMED. It really helps the pod out and get it in more ears. I love you guys. Till next week, WOMED out.